0: to episode 220 of Speaking of Mysteries. I'm Nancy Clare and joining me is Jeff Abbott, whose An Ambush of Widows was published last week. Thank you for taking the time to join the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Um, thank you so much for having me here, Nancy. I, I really, really appreciate um, being a guest.
0: <laughs> First, I think we have to talk about the title, um, The Collective Noun for two or more widows is indeed an ambush, which fits right in, I guess, with an impatience of wives, a murder of crows, a parliament of owls, uh, and so on. So an ambush of widows must've been too good to pass up. So I'm wondering, did the collective noun inspire the story or were you just lucky?
1: I was just lucky. Um, I was about, 100 pages into writing the book, um, which is about two women whose husbands are found murdered together. And there's no reason for them to have been connected. They didn't know each other. They had no shared past that anyone is aware of. And these two women are sort of forced together um, to very different women uh, to solve their husband's murders and deal with the aftermath of, of the truth and, and the falsehoods about their lives with their husbands. And I was about a hundred pages into it, uh, writing it. And I thought, what, what is the name for a group of widows? Cause I thought I had, I had sort of call in the writing to reference that. And I didn't know. And when I saw it was an ambush of widows, I was like, Wow. <laughs> sometimes the title just falls from the sky. And I, 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 it was kind of funny. I think my publisher wasn't entirely sure about it at first because it could be sound like, you know an ambush being committed against widows. Um, and I've had people interpret the title as such. Um, but I think the longer that we all just sort of lived with the title, it, it really came to feel like it was the perfect title for the book. And the only other collective noun that ambush applies to is tigers. Tigers. I, was I always thought that, that, that said, you know, something about why, um, you know, that widows are dangerous. Widows can be dangerous um, because they, they've lost a lot and they may not have more to lose and, Um, That was the way that I decided to interpret the collective noun um, as something that could be derived of strength, not of not of weakness.
0: Well, it's interesting how uh, when you talk about the idea of naming a book, uh, every writer goes through this. When they write a book, they might have a working title and uh, publishers for any number of reasons, many of them good, uh, might say, "Uh, no, forget it. You know, our marketing department says it should be A, so nice try. But I think that this one, from, from what you just said, just like it was out there in the ether and it just <laughs> fell onto the cover of your book. It's so perfect.
1: I, that's I why would, I had
0: to ask the question.
1: I was surprised it had not been used previously. I thought as soon as I thought it, I said, well, surely someone has taken advantage of this and they hadn't, so I, uh, I, I leaned in.
0: <laughs> well, brilliant. You touched on the, on the plot a little bit, and it's a twisty story. And this is one, one book, many of, this is one book that I've really, we're really going to have to dance around a bit in order not to introduce spoilers. But I think it's okay to say, because I don't think I'm the only person to feel this way, that in the beginning, the discovery of the two men that you mentioned, the husbands of the two widows, who seem to have absolutely no previous connections, are shot to death in an Austin, Texas warehouse. It's a bit like a reverse image of strangers on a train. It's not two people plotting to exchange murders, so neither will be caught. It's two people who have never met before ending up in the same place, in the same condition, dead. So was that part of this sort of... Uh, stuff roaming around in your head that came together into the story?
1: Well, I, I, I wanted there to be an air of mystery or why were these two people together? What, what was or is the connective thread, if one exists, that brought them to this fateful moment? Um, but to me, it was important that the widows not know the truth of this and that that be sort of that connection be what they are looking for um, to help them understand why this has happened. I kind of wanted to emotionally handcuff these two women to each other and the idea that they could each be suspicious of each other. I mean, one of the widows, Flora Zhang is um, the, the, the wife, her of a very prominent technology venture capitalist and she has several million reasons that she might want her husband dead um, all in the bank, right? According to the police, how they're thinking about it. Um, but there has to be more than just, he, he died, he died with this other person. And that's the huge open question to try to understand why they were connected. The other widow, Kirsten North, is, um, comes from a less advantaged background in New Orleans, um, she had a very different kind of marriage than than what Flora had with her husband, Adam. Um, so I don't think that I thought of it in terms of a strangers on a train thing. I thought of it more in terms of uh, they needed to slowly unpeel why these two men were together, because this may explain why these two women have been brought together.
0: And as is often the case, uh, because it's the lifeblood of crime fiction, there are elements of the past that drift in to the story from time to time, and sort of weave this additional—I don't know if you'd call it a net or a, maybe a girdle—but it, it's something. Well, we're talking about widows, you know, that it, that both is—it's it's a bit constraining to them. They are, you know. I guess you could say that we're all that we are all captives of our own past and i think that that is certainly the case with uh kirsten and to a certain extent flora
1: well i think obviously that we're all influenced by our past um kirsten's is perhaps the more vivid one in the story she um but you know it it goes back to them having different marriages Kirsten's marriage to Henry North in the book, it was very much one of, it's the two of them against the world. They are the unbeatable team, the undividable team. It's an extremely close marriage um, because we learn in the course of the story, Kirsten grew up in a foster home um, uh, and was it was generally a happy experience for her, um, but there's something... Uh, dark and looming from her teenage years that Henry helped her through. He was literally the boy next door and they married. And it really has been the two of them as a united front Um, with Flora. She had a promising career as a journalist. Um, She met Adam and she sort of subsumed all her ambitions and all her energy and, and career momentum into being his wife, uh, which uh, for someone who's out constantly doing big tech deals, I'm sure felt like a full-time job to her. losing Both of them losing their husbands in these very different marriages, I think sort of sets them on a path of redefining who they're going to be um, and who they're going to be in emerging from sort of the tragedy. So yes, yeah, certainly the past is part of what colors this, but I think it's also them each trying to imagine what their future is going to be um, as they move forward.
0: Well, you know, secrets definitely are the oxygen that fuel crime fiction novels. And the yep. characters in an ambush of widows have have more than their share. We've touched on a couple, but we shouldn't go any further, I don't think. But here's my question though. What comes first? The character or the secret? Which informs the other as you're building this
1: universe? Um, That's a really good question. I think with Kirsten, the character well, I think with both of them, the character came first. With Kirsten, she just sort of exploded Mm -hmm. off the page. I mean, the opening, the opening page of the book is her relaxing at home in New Orleans, believing Henry is on a business trip and she gets a phone call, an anonymous phone call, informing her that Henry has been shot to death in Austin. And rather than like what I would do if, 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 if my wife was, was suddenly dead, you know, in this sort of circumstance, I would just be curling up in a ball for several months. Um, Kirsten is someone who acts uh, and we know this, eventually we'll see how this ties into her past, but she's just sort of exploded off the page with anger and 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 determination to find out what has happened to her husband and who did it and how she wants to make them pay. I think with Flora, um, so I, I had that idea of this highly energetic character and then later i sort of had to fill in what were the foundational moments of her life that made her this way with flora i knew kind of earlier that i wanted her to have been someone who sort of subsumed her life into her marriage um she was a little harder to get to know at first because Kirsten is is somewhat vivid, um, you know, at least to me when I was writing her, Flora was somewhat more reserved. So when I actually, when I went back and was kind of layering in more things that were secrets or things that Flora had kept from her husband, I didn't know those right away. Um, I had to sort of dig deeper into her character and think, okay, now that I know her a little bit better, what are the sort of things that she might know that she might withhold or the doubts that she could have about a marriage. And I sort of wanted to stress that even though it was not an entirely happy marriage with her and and Adam, it's still an absolutely devastating loss to her when he dies and her child has lost his father and she has lost a man she loved. And maybe she doesn't love him as much as she loved him when they got married that had been sort of tempered by the reality of being married to him. He was still her husband, She loved him and the loss is immense. So, you know, it was kind of a balancing act of uh, when I, in the, in the course of getting to know these characters in terms of how much did I know at the beginning and how much did, did they sort of tell me as I was writing the book. Of
0: course, that's the ultimate mystery I think is, is marriage. <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 full of adventure and i've been happily married for 24 years so you know um you're you know even now i'm still learning things about our relationship you know
0: you know you, you touched on this uh that kirsten is informed uh rather cruelly by someone who has stolen her husband's phone uh that that he's dead, and and as you said, she jumps into action, which which turns out to be a good thing. Um, but I thought, you know, her her initial feeling of okay, I'm going to find this person, this guy probably, and and take care of it, um, sets the tone. I thought for the women in the novel, even Flora, um, and it made me. I think that you know Kirsten is relentless, but in her way, Flora can be. You know, after, after you know, sort of looking for the path, she becomes relentless. You have an investigator, uh, detective Bard. Same sort of thing. And so it was Detective Bard that got my mind, as minds often work in these sort of asymmetrical ways, to think that the story was a slight adjustment to Shakespeare's quote. As you know, hell hath no fury like a woman who's had a loved one taken from her. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciated that. Oh, well,
1: thank you. That. Yeah, and it was like, you know, I think they both had to be anger had to be a bit of a driving force for both of them because I feel for you know many of us would just want to curl up in a ball, and there's not a story if you curl up in a ball. There will be time later to curl up in a ball but I needed them both to feel sort of that impetus of action um, to do something, you know, sort of coming from different places. Flora wants to protect her child and then needs to protect herself. And the police are starting to realize that she certainly had a motive for wanting her husband gone. And Kirsten is just like, you can't have done this to, to my guy, you know, is sort of her. I think there's a line there. She imagines herself a bullet that is she's going to aim, she herself is a bullet, she's going to aim at whoever has undone her life this way. And so, you know, characters like that, that are sort of full of this resolve, you know, that they, they can really, really power the narrative. And of course, you know, we, we as, as we move forward, Kirsten's rage is sort of beating against doors. It's not always productive, right? She's, she has to learn, she has to figure out a way to be smarter about all of this, um, rather than just sort of um, arriving at places and throwing, throwing fits if she's not getting what she wants from it. Um, uh, it's a lot of her having to sort of temper her her natural feelings on this to, to be more effect, effective um, in in this quest.
0: You start the book in New Orleans, which certainly is a city of, of deep character, but you move the action to Austin. And I, I liked that platform of Austin and it's changing milieu. <laughs> it's it the way the city is changing uh, as sort of a subtext in, in the book. And I know you, you live in Austin, so uh, that, was it, was it, did you have to take a step back to look at how your city has changed in the past 10 or 15 years? Or is it with you all the time? Like you drive down the street and say, oh, that used to be a hardware store and now it's a coffee shop that sells candles and
1: essential oils. Um, so my last four standalones have all been set in Austin or in a fictitious suburb called Lake Haven. Um, and, and an ambush of widows actually takes place more in Austin than it does in Lake Haven. Although Flora owns a mansion in Lake Haven, um, it, Austin has just changed tremendously and I grew up here. So I've seen the change from sort of sleepy college town and state capital to technology mecca um, where we have apple and google and uh, moving here and tesla and we have a thousand people moving it here a day and that's been true for just sort of an extraordinary amount of time and we're now the 11th largest city in the country about to break into the top 10. and a lot of the people who move here don't want austin to change they want the austin that they like or that they've heard about, or that they imagine to stay the same. And they're trying to keep it that way, but it's not entirely possible. And there's just been all sorts of, you know, ludicrous things that have sort of happened in Austin, like home prices rising astronomically in a matter of months, right? I mean, almost sort of as things were, I mean, still rising like during the pandemic, people were moving here. Um, and I mean, the pandemic's still going on, but during the worst part of the pandemic, people still still moving here in large numbers. And um, it's, it's, it's a battle to try to keep sort of the soul of the city, the sort of innovative, creative spirit. But at the same time, like, you know, when people would think of Austin as the live music capital of the world, musicians can't afford to live here anymore. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember a time when Austin was the cheapest big city to live in. And now it's now the most expensive. So I think, you know, that was probably, I kind of reflected that in that Kirsten had thought because she and Henry both work in technology that they should have moved here to Austin. They had stayed in New Orleans, which is trying to be more of a tech city and and has had some success since Katrina and rebuilding began and tech companies kind of wanted to start hiring there, but it's no, not Austin is really, really where that action is. And then Flora, you know, who came here to go to grad school and ended up sort of staying and has seen her husband be one of the architects of how Austin has changed with the venture capital investment. It was you know, I wasn't trying to make it a major thing, but it was just like, these are women who are going through massive change and the setting that they're living in is going, or that they're exploring this crime in is undergoing massive change. So not a lot of people are writing about Austin. And I kind of thought like, that's a place where I can lean into and, and give readers kind of my view of how that's gone.
0: So you, you touched on this in your career, you've written both series and standalones. And the three books that preceded uh, An Ambush of window- Widows were standalones that took place in Lake Cave. What do you do differently when you approach a standalone versus part of a series? And this is gonna lead into my next question. But um, <clears throat> is it, do you know, this is sort of the question of like, when you started An Ambush of Widows, did you think it might become the first of a series? or? Did you intend it to be the first in a series? Because I have a feeling it is the first
1: in a series. It could be the first in a series. And one of the realities that we're dealing with now in novels is that there's a lot more television and film interest. I've had books that are part of a series be optioned for television. I've had standalones be optioned for television. And usually the first thing they ask you is how would you extend the story in the standalone? I feel like with these two characters, there's certainly a way that their alliance could move forward in additional stories. Um, but it would also be okay if this was the end of the story, you know, and it, and it didn't go further, but I wanted to give myself that freedom to write about them again. Um, if I was so inclined and, um, you just sort of have to think of it structurally, but I, I mean, I was adapting one of my standalone novels, Panic, into, Um, a television series a couple of years back and was hard to write the pilot and write the series Bible, which is sort of like the guidelines for other writers who would have been brought in to write the series and absolutely had to make major changes from that because that is a standalone novel that ends. And to think about how could there be subsequent seasons, how could this character stories carry forward? So there's a lot of that. I mean, we we get, you know, we've had some television interest in Ambush of Widows even before it came out. And I think part of that was because they could they could envision perhaps, you know, more clearly than some of my other standalones how that could move into a multiple season kind of show.
0: And we shall say no more but you're absolutely right it it i definitely uh and and i i enjoy the characters a great deal so as a reader
1: oh well thank you
0: i i hope we'll see uh, kirsten and flora again in the course of publishing i know that you pushed the send button on this ages ago so i'm figuring that you have uh finished your next novel. So that's my question. What are you working on? Is it a continuation of an ambush of widows Um, and uh, or another standalone or a travel guide to Austin? (laughs)
1: Uh, Actually, the next book is number six in the Sam Capra series. I had gone about four to five years without having written another in uh, the Sam Capra books, and then had a talk with my publisher and they wanted another Sam. And I had an idea on how to um, sort of bring Sam back after his break um, where I had done five novels and he had really, really, really been through the ringer. Um, For readers who aren't familiar, Sam Capra is a former CIA agent. Who ends up owning bars all over the world and is kind of continually pulled back into intelligence work? But these bars sort of serve as his entree normally into further intrigue or meeting people who have trouble that where he could apply his skill set. And so it is not finished. Um, I'm about 60,000 words in. Um, on, the, on the first draft and so I'm a little bit behind and I'm trying to power through uh, this last section of that book to, to really make it shine and, and get the story down. But yeah, so the next book will be a Sam Capra.
0: So series are never really ever over.
1: They're never really ever over. Um, and I didn't really think that Sam was over um, and we actually have um, strong television interest in Sam, with a, a, a well-known showrunner uh, trying to develop it into a series. Um, but yeah, I think my, I, you know, I I had done the five Sam books in kind of really fast order. They had done well. Those were my first New York Times bestsellers and won awards like the Thriller Award um but then I just I had an idea for blame and I really wanted to write that and that was a standalone and so I feel like the Lake Haven novels are sort of a series and that they all take place in the same small town but um same suburb but we don't really see the, the same characters from book to book there are a couple of characters that have in the background that have recurred um but yeah I um Uh, I'm, it's exciting kind of to go back from writing suburban suspense to writing the Sam novels, which involve a lot of international intrigue and, and action. And um, so it's kind of nice to use a different set of muscles after a few books.
0: And, and hopefully I'm assuming that most of your events for An Ambush of Widows are going to be virtual. That seems to be,
1: They are. I've done, I did an event with Meg Gardner and Hillary Davidson for Murder by the Book, um, which is available on their, on their YouTube page or on their Facebook page. And I, then I did an event with uh, Barbara Peters of The Poison Pen with Susan Elia McNeil with um, her new novel um, that's just out, um, The Hollywood Spy. And so I have a couple of other uh, events that I'm doing and they're all but everything's still virtual.
0: I spoke to both Hillary and Susan about their novels. Recently. Okay,
1: great. They're both wonderful writers and wonderful people. So I'm I'm glad that you were able to have them have them on your show.
0: I adore both of them and they both have are repeat offenders <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast, which I hope you become. Jeff, thank you so much for the time uh, this morning and for talking to us about An Ambush of Widows. Uh, Look forward to a new Sam novel and maybe seeing Flora and uh, and Kirsten again in the future, uh, either in the printed page or on the small or large screen. So thank you again.
1: Thank you so much, Nancy, for including me. Really appreciate it.